Good morning. Come on, y'all can do better than that. Good morning. Will you please stand? I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Well, why, preacher? Because we can praise his holy name together. I can get strength from your praise. You can get strength from my praise. Let us adorn his holy name together. We welcome you to this, our 11 o'clock worship experience. We invite those who are watching by way of live streaming to invite your friends and relatives to join us as well as we worship the Lord together. It's a good day to be alive. I told the eight o'clock service this morning, the alarm clock went off, but guess what? God bless you to be able to get up. Somebody may have touched you on the shoulder and said, hey, it's time for you to get up. But guess what? You got up. Somebody was happy this morning, like I was. The alarm clock didn't go off. I woke up before it went off because I was happy that it's Sunday morning and another opportunity to worship the Lord in spirit as well as in truth. Join me now as we go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, source of all of our strength, understanding and love, forgive our sins, Lord, that keep us, that keep you and illumine our minds by the light of your truth, inspire our hearts, Lord, by the presence of your spirit. And then, Lord, teach our unruly wills to act under the guidance of your love that we may worthily worship you now and sincerely serve you all the days of our lives lord god we ask that you will bless us to worship you every day of our lives not just on sunday morning but bless us that we may bless others as well thank you now lord we ask that you will receive this prayer in the name of Jesus, our Lord and our Savior, amen. We're going to go further into the service with our minister of worship and praise the praise team. Praise the Lord, y'all. We're going to give him glory today. Anybody came to give him praise? Anybody came to give him praise? Anybody came to give him praise? Here we go. Come, let us adore him. Kneel down before him. Worship and adore him.
come again. Come, let us. scripture for this morning it comes from Psalms 51 verse 10 to 12 and it reads as follows create in me a clean heart O God a renew a right spirit within me cast me not away from thy presence and take not thy Holy Spirit from me restore unto me the joy of thy salvation and uphold me with thy free spirit. God's word for God's people. Let us pray. Father God, we just come to say thank you. Father, we say thank you for your many blessings that you bestowed upon us. Father, we thank you for this moment that we have today, Father. Sunny, sunny skies outside, and Father, you've been so good. Father, we ask that you continue to put your arms around us this week. We don't know what the next minute or the next second is going to hold, but Father, we know that you are the holder of that next minute and the next second. We don't know what the headlines are going to be, 
But Father, I ask you to put your arms around us. Walk with us and talk with us, Father. Father, we thank, thank you for everyone here, those that weren't able to make it. Put your arms around those sick and shut-in members. And Father, we've been going through a lot of bereavement, Father. We ask that you put your arms around those members that are going through bereavement. And Father, you continue to remind us that there's not a hurt or pain, that, that heaven just can't heal. So Father, we ask you to mend those hearts, keep them encouraged, remind them to look to the hills which come into all their help. Father, you will be there for us. You will continue to do that. We ask you to put your arms around us today as the pastor delivers a message that you gave him, Father, a message to make us better people. Father, we just ask that you put it in us to be better, to deal with what we have to deal with today and tomorrow. These are another blessing we ask in your son, Jesus' name, amen. We're going to ask Mr. Thickpen to come now and lead us in our congregational
Let's say that refrain again. Go. church covenant please stand testing okay the church covenant is an awesome opportunity for us to reaffirm our promise to not only this church but to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I ask you to, to go with me at this time as we read our church covenant. It reads as follows. Having been led as we believe by the Spirit of God to receive the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior. Congregation. We do now, in the presence of God, angels, and this assembly, most solemnly and joyfully enter into covenant with one another as one body in Christ. Congregation. To promote his prosperity and spirituality, to sustain his worship, ordinances, discipline, and doctrines. Congregation. We also engage to maintain family and secret devotion to religiously educate our children to seek the salvation of our kindred and acquaintance. Congregation. To avoid all tattling, backbiting, and excessive anger. Congregation. We further engage to watch over one another in brotherly love. Congregation. To be slow to take offense, but always ready for reconciliation, and mindful of the rules of our Savior to secure it without delay. All together, we more fully engage that we remove from this place. We will, as soon as possible, unite with some other church. We can carry out the spirit of this principles of God. God's word for God's people. You may be seated. We're now at the point in our service where you all can participate, where we can all worship together. We're going to ask the choir to come to us now while the ushers lead us in our offering. <laughs> 
Let us pray. Oh, Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity to give back what you've already given to us. God, we thank you for the givers and for those who would have liked to have given a special blessing upon them. And now, Lord, we ask that it be pressed down and shaken up so that it can be used in this community to benefit those who are least left out or less fortunate. We ask in all of this in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Good morning, Cade Chapel. Is Judge Tabitha Britton here, a Britton Porter? Well, she had given us an announcement uh, to share with you, and as a part of your social uh, responsibility, she's thanking you for having voted for her on August 6th as judge for here in Hines County, but she's in a runoff, and she has to be elected by you on the 27th. So that means if you voted for uh, Judge Porter in your area, you need to go back to the polls for the runoff on the 27th. Now, there are other areas that also have some runouts, so please go to the polls on the 27th just to be sure that if there's someone in your area that you need to make sure your candidate is actually selected. Amen? Amen. And if you did not vote on the 6th, you can vote on the 27th. Amen? Amen. Amen. Now, I have another responsibility as your Minister of Social Work. I was asked to let you know something coming up, and if you want to pull out your calendar the 30th of the month, put on your calendar the 30th of the month, 7 o'clock, you need to be over in the right Family Life Center. Your attire for the evening is a T-shirt any of the church t-shirts or the 2020 t-shirt. Now that gave you a clue, didn't it? That's in support of our pastor who is running for state president. Now the reason we're doing this on the 30th, somebody has a birthday. And it is the 47th. So the committee has asked, yeah, isn't that something, 47? The committee has asked that you bring 47 cents, $4.70, $470. Oh, what I, I skipped? $47? Oh, shoot. Somebody said that was there, the $47. Or the $4,700. We want to make sure that we provide additional funds for the campaign. And I had so much fun with 8 o'clock. I know you all don't want to be outdone by 8 o'clock. I told them, you know, we have so few opportunities right now to have pomp and circumstance. You know how they do with the president when they say, ladies and gentlemen, the president of the United States. And everybody just gets up and they're cheering and, you know, we have a year to practice. 
And by this time next year, when he is officially the president of the General Missionary State Baptist Convention, I want you to be in perfect harmony. And all I'm going to have to do by next year this time is just do this, and you'll be ready to go, okay? So we're going to practice, and this is the end of my announcement, but I want with the same enthusiasm as if we are welcoming the President of the United States. And here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, it is my honor to introduce to some and to present to others the president of the General Missionary State Baptist Convention, the Reverend Reginald Buckley. Give him a hand. Group tutors for Walton Elementary. The hours are flexible and you can stop by the Old Fellowship Hall and sign up on today. Bible study is back. Hallelujah. Join us here on Wednesday night at 7 p.m. here in the sanctuary. The K-Chapel Mission Ministry cordially invites you to join us for our annual Pearls of Joy Luncheon. This event will be held on Tuesday, August the 22nd in the Willie Wright Family Life Center at 1130. The event is held to recognize Cade women ages 62 and older. To ensure that we have an accurate count of attendees, please register in the Old Fellowship Hall between the 8 and 11 o'clock worship services on today and next week. For more information, please contact Sister Frances Moody at 601-331-9995 or Sister Carolyn White at 601-946-5291. The Boy Scouts and Cub Scouts will restart their monthly scout meetings on Monday, August the 19th. And please be sure to check your bulletins and the bulletin boards for additional announcements and upcoming community events. And to share your ministry news with the K-Chapel family, just send an email to kchapelannouncements at yahoo.com or you can go to the Submit Info tab on the K-Chapel app. But be sure to get your announcements in by noon on Tuesday of each week. Good morning. Good morning. That was weak. All right, all right, all right. Listen. We know that not everyone here is a member of this church. And if you're visiting, we're gonna give this opportunity for you to stand and let us recognize you. If you're not a member of this church, you're visiting, we're gonna ask that you would stand right now that we may recognize you. All visitors, will you stand? Amen, amen. We are so glad to have you here to worship with us today. We would like to think that there's something special about us, the reason why you came. But if you're considering uh, uh, joining a church, we ask that you would join with us, consider joining with us, because I can promise you, I believe that you've just found home. And while we're st you're standing, we're going to give you something that you can only get here at K Chapel.
listen, each week you're told of opportunities that we have as Christians to go out and minister one to another. And we're going to ask that you keep these people in your prayers, these bereaved families. We ask that you please be in prayer for Deaconess Jerry Thornton, who lost her brother, Mr. Melvin Younger. That funeral will be held on next Saturday, August 24th, at the Fountain of Youth Church in Detroit, Michigan. Sister Ann Winters lost her brother, Telman Thompson. The funeral was held on yesterday in Greenville, Mississippi. Sister Moselle Warner lost her niece, Sister Ravis Lejeune Johnson. That funeral was held also on yesterday, but it was here in Jackson. Sister Lily Naylor lost her brother, and that funeral was held on August 13th in Lisman, Alabama. I have a card here from Ann Winters and the family saying, Thanks, Kate Chapel, for all the cards and flowers during the passing of my brother. May God continue to bless all of you. We have those that are recovering at home. We have Sister Triplett, Sister Audrey Harrell, and as always, Brother Fred Gross and his wife, Laura Gross. We have a prayer request for the Simmons family, and also Judge Faith Peterson is requesting prayer for her 87-year-old mother, Mrs. Johnson. So as I always say, pray when you can, visit where you can, and each day when you get up, thank God that you can. Amen? Amen. This is another time for us to bring our tithes and offerings. And for those of you that are with us online, you should see a message at this time where you can also participate. This is the spoken word. For this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly. And he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man according to his purpose in his heart, so let him give. Not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. Amen? That's the word of God for the people of God. Amen. Thanks be to God.
play this while I got the mic in my hand, Pastor Buckley. You see, I can sing this song because this year I've had two cases where I was supposed to be dead. I really didn't realize much of what it was all about until one time I went later to the emergency room in between those. But I went in the hospital just with a cough, couldn't have walk, just didn't feel good, only to find out I had long, in both my lungs blood clots. They knew it was more serious than I even thought because they did emergency surgery the same night. The same night. When I went to the emergency room three or four months later, the doctor there said, Miss Porter, you got so showing off a good record. And I didn't know what she was talking about. I thought she was talking about the x-rays they had just did on me. She said, I don't know another patient that came in the emergency room, had the condition that you had, had surgery the same night, put it in, in ICU the same night, out of ICU the very next day, and went home in three days. It just don't happen. But she didn't know, my God. Grace and mercy. And then I went to New Orleans for a convention. Really yeah. wasn't supposed to be going. But I said, no, I'm going. Got there and wasn't even there three hours. And before I knew it, they were calling for an ambulance. I had gotten to where I just felt so bad. I just felt bad. And they took my blood pressure, almost no pressure. And they was like, this is not right. They took, brought an ambulance, and while I was in the ambulance, y'all, I said, Lord, if this is it, I'm your child, and I've done all that I thought I could do. Hold me, Jesus, and take care of me. And he did just that, because by that time, I couldn't have talk. They thought I'd had a stroke. They pulled me into that university medical center in New Orleans. And it was about 30 folks waiting at the door on me. They took me in the room, and I was like, y'all, what's going on? I, I don't know what's happening. And they were like, you're going to be all right. And they said, you done had a stroke, but you're going to be all right. But how about, my God, the next morning, they did an MRI. And they said, ain't no stroke. Ain't no stroke. Ain't no stroke. Have mercy. Jesus. And y'all, I'm here today. I don't feel good. But I'm here, Sarah. My, my, my. Somebody bless the name of the Lord. If you've been through something, you know what grace and mercy is all about. If you've come out of anything, you know what grace and mercy is all about. If God has given you a second chance and another chance, somebody knows what grace and mercy is all about. It's grace and mercy, not because you deserve it. It's grace and mercy, not because you did anything so well. It's grace and mercy has brought all of us thus far. Somebody ought to praise the Lord in this house this morning. Somebody ought to tell him, thank you. Thank you. I want to thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Your grace, your grace. Your grace, your grace. Thank you, God, for your grace. 
nothing but your grace and mercy. bless his name, your grace and your mercy keeps us, your grace and your mercy anchors us, thank God for grace and mercy, bringing us this far. certainly thank each of you for wonderful revival services that we had this past week, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday for your presence and your prayers. Didn't we have a good time in the Lord? I want to thank all of these choirs and musicians and music staff, all of our ushers for your diligence in serving in the marvelous way that you always do. And I don't mention our ushers nearly as much, but I thank God for all that you do all the time to make sure the people of God are served well. Uh, to our audio and video staff and uh, the media staff, we thank you for being in place and making ministry happen all this weekend. To each of you for doing all that you did to make it a wonderful, successful, and spirit-filled revival, we say thank you. Amen? Well, it's time for the Word of God. Why don't you say this affirmation with me, if you will? I'm about to hear God's Holy Word concerning my life my mind is focused my ears are open my heart is ready my soul is thirsty do me a favor and tell me now preach preacher bless your name bless your name listen won't you stand to your feet those of you who can we invite you to stand in honor of God's holy word as we read Psalm number 51, beginning with verse number 10, these words are recorded. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Verse 12 is what we want to focus on. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation and uphold me with thy free spirit. Verse 12 again, restore unto me the joy of thy salvation and restore and uphold me with thy free spirit. Amen. Father, as you and your son and spirit are one, please allow now your servant, your word and your wisdom to become one, that we may affirm the eminence of your kingdom, the power of your spirit and the lordship of your son. I trust you now for preaching. Guide my mind and my mouth for a few moments that I may be able to think your thoughts and clearly articulate your words. Touch, strengthen, and save in accordance for your will for us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I want to talk from the subject this morning, the joy of being saved. The joy of being saved saved. I want you to think back 
for a little while as I ask a series of questions to help you recall when you first got saved. That moment when you got saved, what, what, do, what you felt, what you experienced, what you understood. I want you to go back if you can and recapture some of that. And as you do that, I would ask the question, when was the last time in your prayers that you thanked God just for being saved? When was the last time in your praise and in your worship of God that your praise and worship were centered simply around the fact that you were saved? When did you last leave this sanctuary excited about your salvation? If you're like most Christians, the excitement, the zeal, the fascination, the joy of being saved wore off a long time ago. Not saying that you're not thankful for salvation, not saying that you're not grateful to be saved. I'm simply saying the feeling, the zeal, the fire, the passion that you had when you first experienced salvation, if you're honest about it, a lot of that has worn off. But do you remember when salvation was new? Remember the excitement you had? Let me, let me see if I can make it plain. You remember, you remember how, how excited you were when, when the communion trays passed by and you could finally get some? You remember that? Do, do, you, remember, do you remember that on-fire feeling you had when you had finally been baptized and you came up out of the water and everybody was celebrating and, and y'all went out to dinner and, and it was just a special moment. Do you remember that, that, that zeal, that passion, that, that you felt that something was new and you had to do life differently? You had to be different. You had to respond differently you, because you were different. Do you remember the joy you felt in serving, knowing that it was pleasing to the Father, the, the can't wait to praise the Lord feeling you had all week long, uh, can't wait to get to church, can't, can't wait to get to Sunday school, can't, can't wait to go to Bible school, study, can't, can't wait to get in the Word again. Do you remember the thrill of sharing your faith in Christ with others? Do you remember that? For many believers, the truth of the matter is we've lost the joy of being saved a long time ago. Glad to be saved, don't get me wrong. But salvation now is kind of like air in that we appreciate it, but because it's always there, we aren't as intrigued by it now. And because we aren't intrigued by it, we don't take much, much interest in it. And the problem is when you don't take interest in the air you breathe, eventually it becomes smog if you don't take care of it. If you neglect it, it eventually becomes polluted. Wish I had a witness here. 
And I'm afraid that a lot of Christians are living in the smog of a polluted life because you have long lost the joy of being saved. Y'all going to wake up in a minute, I promise you. It's... Fact is that for many believers, the joy of being saved has long dissipated. The joy of being saved has evaporated like the fresh morning dew as the sun rises across the horizon. The joy of being saved has long left many Christians, leaving us with a shell of mere cordiality, a thin veneer of fair-weathered friendliness, a palm-sized amount of positivity and optimism that we pass off as joy. And most readily, the things that we associate now with salvation are things like persecution and prohibition. In other words, the things that happen to us because we're saved and the things we can no longer do because we're saved. And the fire, the zeal, the passion, and the joy of being saved, of living out that salvation is missing in many believers' lives. And this text and the context surrounding the text illustrates for us the danger of losing the joy of being saved. Psalm 51 is a very familiar psalm penned by one of Israel's most popular poets and powerful kings, a musical monarch who worshiped God with unbridled passion and went to war with unflinching courage. David put some of ancient Israel's best-known lyrics to praiseworthy melodies. The book of Psalms is a hymn book of Israel that contains Davidic Psalms like Psalm 133. Behold, how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious ointment upon the head that ran down upon the beard, even Aaron's beard. David is the one who writes about God's insightful eye in Psalm 139. O Lord, thou hast searched me and known me. Thou knowest my down-sitting and mine uprising. Thou understandest my thoughts from afar off. It's David who declares the bounty of God's creation in Psalm 24 saying the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof the world and they that dwell therein David asked the question later in that same Psalm who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord or who shall stand in his holy place and then he answers that same question saying he that hath clean hands and a pure heart who has not lifted up his soul unto vanity nor sworn deceitfulness he ends that same Psalm saying lift up your heads O ye gates be ye lifted up, ye be everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is the King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. And perhaps the best known psalm of David is that psalm that starts out simply, the Lord is my shepherd. David's psalms are without question some of the best loved words that capture the expansive emotions of the human heart reaching out to touch the loving heart of, the, of an eternal God. And in this psalm, Psalm 51, we hear David's heart for confession and restoration. In this psalm, David pours out his heart to God, acknowledging his sin and his immorality, the, the secret sin that David had been trying to manage and keep covered and out of the public's eye has been found out. The, the thing he was trying to cover up and keep anybody from knowing about was found out. You remember the story. The story about it, David's indiscretions with a married woman and his attempt to cover it up. You read about it in the 11th chapter of the book of 2 Samuel. David devises and carries out the cover-up 
for his wrongdoings after he slept with Bathsheba and after she becomes pregnant with child he tries to get Uriah to come off of the battle to sleep with her but he's such a dutiful man he he refuses to do that to keep guard for his king and and when when that doesn't happen David says that's all right I'll have him killed by being put on the front line David has done wrong on top of wrong on top of wrong and tries to cover it up I need to tell somebody the cover-up is oftentimes worse than the sin itself trying to cover it up and keep it under seals and keep it under wraps. And here, now he thinks he's gotten away with it. I think I'll preach a sermon a little bit later sometime. I almost got away with it. <laughs> David thinks he's almost gotten away with it. But Nathan comes knocking on his door. The prophet Nathan, and you remember in just in chapter 12, Nathan comes knocking on his door and, and he tells David a story about a rich man and a poor man, a rich man who has lots of sheep and a poor man who only has one sheep. And he says, this rich man, there was a stranger who came to town and the rich man, instead of taking one of his sheep, he, he took the poor man's one sheep and, and killed it and prepared it for the meal. And Nathan said, what should be done to this man? David said that man should be killed. In fact, before you kill him, he should pay back fourfold what he did and then put him to death. And Nathan took that finger and pointed it at him. He said, thou art the man. Do I have any Bible readers in here? Nathan then shares with David a word from the Lord saying, I made you king over Israel, gave you all of Israel and Judah. And if it had been too little, I would have given you more. He says, you killed Uriah with the sword of the Ammonites. And now the sword that you killed him with will never leave your house. He said, what you did, you did in privacy and in the dark. He said, but what I'm going to do, I'm going to do it so everybody sees it. I need to warn somebody, I need to warn somebody, what you're trying to keep under wraps, God will expose it. I need to warn somebody, what, what you think nobody else sees, God always sees. I wish I had a witness in here. You cannot cover your tracks from God. He knows what you're up to. He knows what you're doing. He knows where you're doing it. He knows who you're doing it with. He knows everything that's going on in your life. And eventually... If you don't get it right, your sin will find you out. It's in the context of being confronted with his sin that David now writes Psalm 51. He is crying for cleansing. He is, he is a plea for purging. It is a begging for a new beginning and, and new mercies to be put upon his life. He is, he is a man who has fallen, who, who has failed, and who is in need of forgiveness. So Psalm 51 begins with a plea of mercy. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness. Wash me from mine iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. Verse 7, purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be white as snow. Verse 10, create in me a clean heart. Reneweth within me a right spirit. David recognizes the need for confession and cleansing to occur in his life. And then he writes our watchwords for this morning. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. Now understand the request that's being made here and what's not being made. Understand what David does not say. He does not say restore unto me my salvation. That's a powerful Powerful, poignant point to make. 
He does not say, restore unto me my salvation. He says, restore unto me the joy of my salvation. This Old Testament patriarch makes a, some New Testament theology by, by saying, listen, I recognize that even as much as I've messed up in my life, it does not mess up my relationship with God. For I am saved and my salvation is secure. Restore unto me not my salvation, but the joy of my salvation. Restore unto me the joy of my salvation. David underscores the doctrine of eternal security, recognizing it before Jesus even says it, that once I'm in the hands of my father, no one or nothing shall be able to pluck me out of his hands. He understood, like Paul said, that, that once I've committed something unto God, that God is able to keep it. He understood that before it was ever written that nothing shall be able to separate me from the love of God. And so David's request was not for his salvation to be restored, but rather for the joy of his salvation to be restored. He said, I'm intact. I put my hand in God's hand and I believe that God will hold and keep me. That's good news, y'all. But what David recognizes is that though God is holding him and keeping him, that David has lost something. God is keeping David, but David has lost something. David, what did you lose? He said, I lost the joy. Of being saved. I lost the joy of, of, of my relationship with God. I lost the joy that I had. And, and you got to be careful because when you lose your joy of being saved, you set yourself up to do anything. The joy of being saved, when you lose the joy of being saved, you become sloppy with your salvation. When you lose the joy of being saved, you no longer have it as something that you prize and treasure. And so you become lazy and lackadaisical in how you treat your salvation. The joy of being saved. He said, I lost it. And because I lost the joy, I got lazy in my sanctification. Because I lost the joy of being saved, I put little energy and little effort in my salvation and in my sanctification. I, I didn't live out what I was and I didn't live out who I was. And I, I started getting loose and, and lazy in how I was living. Restore unto me the joy I had of being saved. And you got to be careful about being around people who have lost their joy of being saved. For people who have lost their joy of being saved, if you're not careful, they will rub off on you. Wish I had a witness in here. And their pessimism will become your pessimism. Their, their, their negativity will become your negativity. Their, their cynicism will become your cynicism. And, and the things that, that they grumble and complain about, you'll find yourself... Ah, uh, y'all not talking to me in here. Be because, because, because as quiet as it's kept, there, there are a lot of folk who come to church and they don't have any joy. I know I'm right about it. That there are a lot of people who come to church and they don't come with any joy inside of them. They come full of negativity. They come full of pessimism, full of cynicism. They come trying to complain about this and critique that. And, and, and before you know it, if you're around joyless people, you'll become what they are. Tell your neighbor, protect your joy. 
Protect your joy. Protect your joy. Protect your joy. Don't let their hang-ups become your hang-ups. Protect your joy. Don't take cues from their criticism. Protect your joy. If you enjoy coming to church and serving, then make sure you protect that and don't let them influence and infect that. Protect your joy. Protect your joy. Protect your joy. Protect your joy. And you who perhaps have lost your joy, I ask you, what happened? I'm going to let you think about it for a minute. What, what happened that caused you to lose that joy? What happened that, that caused you to become so pessimistic about life? What happened that caused you to look at everybody with an eye of skepticism? What happened? That you no longer trusted people and their good intentions? What happened? That you felt like the church wasn't a place that you could fully lean into? What, what happened? What happened? That caused you to lose your joy? Who hurt you to the point that it caused you to back up in serving God? What, what happened? Who, who disturbed your fellowship with the Father to the extent that it causes you now to mess with other folks' relationships? But what, what happened that, that could cause you to sit in a whole service with your arms folded and never say a mumbling word? What happened? What, what, what happened? What happened that could cause your disposition to become so clouded? What happened? What happened that you lost joy. David says, God, I recognize that where I am in my relationship with you is a result of the fact that I've lost the joy of being saved. So restore unto me, restore unto me the joy of my salvation. I believe there are at least four things for which David is asking and will be going home. When he asks for his joy to be restored, David is asking, God, restore unto me the excitement of being in relationship with you. Restore unto me the excitement of being in relationship with you. I remember when, when I used to get excited about serving you, God, and, and now when I get a phone call, I, I, I try to act like I ain't even there. Y'all ain't talking to me in here. I, I remember when, 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 when I used to hope that somebody would ask me to do something, and now when I see them coming, I'm trying to beat them out the door. Restore unto me the excitement of being in relationship with you. Do you remember, do you remember, do you remember when, when you got your, your, your first new car? Y'all remember you got your, 
whether it was a new car or new to you, whatever it was, it, it, a car that was new to you. You remember when you got that vehicle? Y'all remember what it was? You remember what it was? I see some smiles coming on people's faces already. Because evidently that, that was a good time. I, I, remember, I remember my first car. It wasn't new, but it was new to me. And, 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 and it, was, it was a 1979 Camaro Z28. Yeah, yeah, that was in 1990. So it was already 11 years old. So it wasn't new, but it was new to me. And, and, and I, went, I went to Tougaloo. I went to college with that new car. And, and, and it had T-tops. It didn't have any air. Uh, you had to roll down the windows. And the handles didn't work, so you had to put vice grips on it to roll up. Y'all ain't talking to me. You're acting like you ain't never been there. You've been there. And, and you had to park in the shade, and when the sun was moving, you try to get in the car and move it around to the other side so it wouldn't be so hot in the car, y'all acting like y'all don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah, even tent didn't make it that much cooler in the car. It was just a hot car. In the wintertime, you didn't need heat because the heat came from off the engine. It still kept you. Y'all ain't talking to me in here. That, that was my car. It wasn't new, but it was new to me. And I was excited about that vehicle. I was excited about that car because it was my car. And listen, when you get saved or when somebody gets saved, they are excited about their salvation. And if you've been saved 10, 15, 20, 30 years, listen, don't rain on their parade because they're excited. It ain't new to you, but it's new to them. It's new to them, the joy, the zeal, the fire that they feel. You ought to celebrate it for them because though you've been there, done that, it's new to them. It's new to them. And they have the excitement of being in relationship with God. And I got news for you. That excitement should not die. And if you're no longer excited, maybe you need to get close to somebody who is. Y'all ain't talking to me in here. So, so some of their fire can rub off on you. Oh, it's exciting, I tell you. It's exciting knowing that in Christ you are a new creature and old things are passed away and all things have become new. It's exciting knowing that because I've been saved, I have life eternal. It's exciting knowing that even though I mess up along the way that neither angels nor powers nor principalities nor height nor depth nor any other creature shall be able to separate me from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus. It's exciting knowing that my past sins, my present sins, my future sins have been washed by the the atoning blood of Jesus Christ. It's exciting knowing that I've got a friend who will stick closer to me than a brother. It's exciting knowing that I've got a God who will walk with me and never leave me and never forsake me. It's exciting knowing that the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? It's exciting knowing that no weapon formed against me shall be able to prosper. And if I'm excited about it, don't put out my fire. You catch on fire. That's exciting. It's exciting. Exciting to be in relationship with God who loves me, who knows me, and who said in time of trouble, I'll hide you in my secret pavilion. That's exciting. And while none of that may be new to you, it's new to somebody. So celebrate it with them 
Number two, number two, I believe what David was asking for when he asked to be restored, restoring to him the joy of his salvation. He was asking, number two, that the commitment of living out his salvation would be restored. God, restore unto me the commitment of living out my salvation. Restore unto me the commitment of living what I am. Okay, okay, stick with that new car for a minute. You, you, you got that new car, you got that new vehicle. You, you, remember, you remember you were acting a little funny when you got that new car? Because, yeah, you ain't want nobody to eat in your new car. Y'all remember that? You, you, you went to McDonald's, but you ain't let nobody open the bag. Y'all ain't talking to me in here. Wait till we get to the house to eat because you, you ain't want nothing on your new car, on your floor, on your carpet, on your leather. Amen. And there's chicken nuggets everywhere. Y'all ain't talking to me in here. Yeah, but but, but, but th there was a desire for you to keep it clean. Right? Because it was new. And you wanted to preserve it and protect it. David says, I recognize, watch this, that I got sloppy with my salvation. And, and though I started out wanting to stay clean, along the way, I let some stuff slide. Along the way, I, I let my guard down and I, I let my standards go. And, 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 and while I, I, I used to wouldn't allow anybody to do this around me, now I, I, I allow it and, and sometimes I do it myself. Y'all ain't talking to me in here. He says, restore unto me the commitment I have to live a clean life. He said, the reason I slipped into this, the reason I did this is because I recognize I started allowing things into my life that I once prohibited. Mm. Restore unto me the passion for perfection, the goal for godliness, the heart for holiness, the unction for honesty, the mind for morality, the tongue for truth-telling, the will to do right. Restore unto me because somewhere along the line I lost the fire to do what was right. And watch this. And I got comfortable with it. I got okay with it. I saw it so many times. I did it so many times. David says, I need, I need that restored. Where Watch this. Where, watch this. Listen. Where dirt gets on my nerves. I need it restored where when I see wrong in my life, I can't sit there and act like I don't see it. I need, I need that restored where, where, when, where when ungodliness and unrighteousness and unholiness is in front of me that, that I can't be comfortable with that. But I've got to either remove myself or remove that thing. I, I need that kind of, of filter back in my life so that I'm not allowing any and everything to come in me and at me. And Lord, make me uncomfortable when wrong is in my heart. Wake me up when I'm not doing right. Trouble my mind, my consciousness. Trouble my heart until I get right. 
David says, restore unto me the joy of my salvation so that, so that I can't just do this without it bothering me. Number three, number three. Thirdly, this request of David's was a request for God to restore unto him the interest in learning more about God. The interest in learning more about God. David says, I recognize that, watch this, not only have I gotten lazy in my living, but I've gotten lazy in my learning. That there used to be a time when, 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 when I wanted to know more about God. I'm talking to somebody in here. See, 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 because if you go back over your life, you can look and remember that there was a time when you were really leaning into discovering more about God. You remember it? There was a time you, you used to come to Sunday school. And, and yep, you, yep, you did. You did. You used to be in Sunday school. You used to enjoy it. There was a time you used to meet me out here on Wednesday nights. Amen. You used to be here. Yeah, you did. And, and you used to lean into that. You couldn't wait for the Bible to be open and for the word to be revealed. And David says, I recognize not only have I gotten lazy in my living, I've gotten lazy in my learning. Restore unto me the interest in learning more about God. I, 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 bought, I bought, Kevin, I bought a new TV last year, about December of last year, I bought a new TV. They call it a smart TV. Um, I, I, I had a dumb TV, and so, so, so I bought a smart TV. I, it was a dumb TV. It was, you know, the big box? Yeah, it, it wouldn't do nothing but come, yeah. And, and, and I couldn't even use it anymore. They said, Red, you gotta get something else. So, so I got a smart TV, and, and I plugged it up. And indeed, it's a smart TV because, because, because I plugged it up, turned it on, and turned on my phone, and it started talking to my phone. It's a smart TV. It started telling me what to do on my phone to program it. And so I'm doing it on my phone. Now I can control my TV on my phone, and I can order stuff on my phone and see it on the TV. I can play a video on my phone and see it on the TV. It's a smart TV. And, and, and I got to thinking, I said, now if it can do all this, that's kind of scary. Because who else can see me while I'm, but that's another story for another time. But, 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 but it can do all kinds of things. It's got channels on it that I even knew about. I didn't even know these channels existed. And, and, so, and so what I've done, what I've done is I started getting the manual to see what all it could do. Because if it could do that, then I want to I know what else it could do. And, and I still don't know everything this smart TV can do. It's a year later, and I'm still learning stuff, new features about this TV. I need to say this to you. Because some of you have put the manual down. And, and, and you stop learning the unsearchable riches of God a long time ago. And there's more for us to discover, but you got to pick up the manual. Your desire to learn more about him will not happen just by you walking with him daily. Don't get me wrong, yes, Experience is a great teacher, but his word, learning his word, reading his word, being present to hear and receive his word, 
is how you learn more about God. Fourthly, and I'm through. David's request for one of being restored is a desire to share his witness with others. David says, Lord, restore unto me the desire, watch this, the desire for me to share my story with others. Because what David recognized was that the less he talked about God, the more he was able to sin. Y'all ain't hear me. There's no way he could have sinned with Bathsheba if he was talking about God. Y'all ain't, ain't talking to me. There's, there's no way he could have followed through with killing Uriah if he had been talking about God. Can't, can't happen. You, 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 you can't, you, no, no, not, not with that heart, not with the heart that David had, not, not, not with who he was as an individual, as a man. And, and, and so what, what he recognizes, what a lot of us recognize, is that if we stop talking about him, it gives us more room to do what we want to do. It's, it's, just, it's, just like, it's just like it's hard for you to sin and, and it's amazing grace playing in the background. Y'all ain't talking to me in here. Y'all ain't talking to me. It's hard for you to follow through with some stuff. <laughs> Amen. David says this, watch this. Restore unto me, restore unto me the desire to share my story with others. And look at what David says. He pins it in verse 13. He says, then, verse 13, he says, restore unto me to joy my salvation. Uphold me with your generous spirit. Verse 13, then I will teach transgressors your ways and sinners shall be converted to you. David says this, listen, God, restore me. When you restore me, I'm going to tell others about you. And when I tell others what you've done for me, they'll be restored. Sinners will be converted because they're going to hear from my lips how you picked me up. They're going to hear from me how I fell down and you picked me up and brushed me off. and turned. They're going to hear from me how I messed up as a king and God, you still had a future for me. They're going to hear how I... He says, so God, restore unto me, watch this, my desire to share my testimony. I need to tell somebody, your testimony is not just for you. Your testimony, your witness is not just for you. It's so that others might hear, watch this, if God did that for you. You, you, you mean, you mean God, you mean God, you mean you were that much of a mess? And God did that much of a turnaround in your life. If he did that for you, then maybe he'll do it for me. What a wonderful witness it is. When we're, watch this, when we're willing to share our stories. Share your story as God gives you unction and direction because your testimony and your witness might be the very thing that gets somebody saved. Restore unto me, David says, the joy of being saved. 
thank you that I am saved. But Lord, give me the joy back so that I live what I am. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. Make his face to shine upon you. Be gracious unto you and give you his peace. Father, in Jesus' name, how grateful we are this morning. You are the God of grace and mercy. Thankful that you are the God who gives us brand new mercies each and every day. Thankful are we, O oh God, that when we mess up in life, that those mess ups don't disqualify us for the future and the expected end that you have for us. Lord, now we pray that you would forgive us of our sins as we confess, as did David. We've messed up. We messed up in our actions. We messed up in our attitudes. We've messed up in our language, in our thoughts, in our motives. But thank you, God, that you are the God who creates clean hearts who renews right spirits. Thank you, God. And now, Lord, we pray that you restore unto us the joy of being saved. That we would leave this place on fire again. On fire to live for you. On fire to serve you. On fire to share our testimonies about you. Restore unto us the joy of being saved. God, for those who are here who have yet to become saved, who have yet to give their lives to Christ, God, I pray now that by your spirit, Lord, you know where they sit. You know the situation and the context of their sitting. So God, by your spirit, I pray as we open the doors of this church that you would move upon their hearts to simply say, yes. These are the invitations being extended, the invitation to a new life in God through Jesus Christ. And let me be crystal clear of something that Jesus said. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. I know some will say and some will teach and some will preach that there are many paths to God. That's not what Jesus said. Jesus said, come through me. And if you're here this morning, I invite you to walk through that open door, the open door of Jesus Christ, saying, I want Jesus to be my Savior, my Redeemer, the one who atoned for my sins. If you're here this morning and you're ready to commit your life to Christ, won't you come? Give Meet me here. Me a clean yes, God. Come now. Come now. So I may come now. Lord, fix. Lord, fix my
by thee for I'm unworthy Lord of these blessings give me a clean give me give me give me give me give me a clean you've already given your heart to Perhaps you don't have a church home. Oh, and I'll follow thee. If you're already saved, but you don't have a church home, you're invited to come. Give me. Give me a clean heart so I may serve thee. Lord, By thee, Lord, I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. I don't deserve it, Lord. Of all these blessings. So give me. Give me a clean. Give me a clean heart. Restore unto me, God. Restore unto me. And I'll follow thee. Somebody's here needs to be restored this morning. You can come. We'll pray for you. We'll pray for the reality of restoration, the experience of restoration. Restore unto me the commitment to live for you. Restore unto me the desire to learn of you. Restore unto me joy of living out my salvation. Restore it, restore it, restore it, restore it. Everybody give me. Give me a clean heart and I'll follow and Anita Robson to stand. They're coming by Christian experience. Oh, bless his name. Amen. Oh, bless his name. That means you have been baptized before. You have been a member of a church before. Yes. If this church accepts you as a member, are you willing to study with us? Yes, sir. Are you willing to work with us? Yes. Amen. 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 I'm going to ask that you go with Brother Campbell that you be scheduled for your orientation classes. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Come on. Let the church say amen. Hallelujah. Bless his name. Bless his name. Brother Dampier is coming with a statement and also he's asking for prayer. Yes, I'm asking for prayer for my family. And um, of course, my father, he just had a little light surgery uh, this past week. And uh, for the Garner family, which is a long time, um, grew up with them. And... Uh, a longtime friend. Life is short. Mm. And we don't need to wait till 
times we think times are better to do the things that we need to do. Uh, two weeks ago, Mike, my friend, we went out to dinner uh, Saturday on a Saturday night two weeks ago. And um, about seven or eight of us got together, uh, friends for 45 years plus. Uh, and we laughed and we talked and we talked about life, how short life is. In the last month, I've had about five classmate funerals that I mm. have gone to and some co-workers. Uh, but we ate dinner that Saturday night and we laughed and we talked about the days, the old days. But then that Sunday, I was at church the next, that, that following Sunday, and I got a call before I left and said Mike had passed. So God worked it out for us to have that last meal with Mike. Thought about earlier that week asking him if he wanted to go. He he was a warrior. He also was a double amputee, and uh, he had a strong heart, strong will. He just had complications through the year, and uh, I would just uh, I want prayers for his family, my family, and also about grace and mercy. Uh, I, as he was, uh, Pastor Buckley was preaching, and I was sitting back there. I was thinking about. When I uh, received the grace and mercy, in which we all get it every day in our daily lives, but I felt like I, I worked them a little overtime on me because uh, I went through eight years of drug addiction. And uh, it was a tough time. And I didn't realize then that he was watching over me. I'm, uh... But after I came out of that, uh, he allowed me to come out and it was a team effort I realized that it was my parents prayers my, God. my church family prayers. My God. this is not my first time coming before you mm -mm. all with this mm -mm. but I just couldn't sit there and not say anything about it because hmm. I understand grace and mercy wow. and I understand it firsthand and uh, I just thank y'all for allowing me to come up my God. Amen. Somebody bless the name of the Lord. My God. We thank you for that statement. Yeah. Because you may not mm. realize that there may be somebody listening oh, to you those just help somebody. Words yeah, you just help somebody. That have just learned yeah. the path mm. that they will have to take to get through that addiction. Hmm. I just got one more thing to say. And this is the result. Uh, after coming through or going through mm. and coming out of that, life is still hard. It is not easy because it's that thing called life. But he has allowed me, I took up a trade in high school just to get away from school for half a day <laughs> in 11th <laughs> and 12th grade and took up industrial electricity. Yeah. So I did not know I was doing something then that would still affect my life now. And I am a commercial, I'm an electrician, uh, and, uh, and he's a, I've worked for my last 13 years, I've been working for myself. So this is just how he allowed things hmm. to happen in your life that you don't even know, yeah. you don't even expect. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. Amen. All right. Amen. He's and also listen, asking. Listen, he's not just an electrician, he's a good electrician. Amen. He done fixed some stuff in my house already. Amen. I thank God for that. Thank God for that. Amen. 
Isn't God good? Sister Flaming is coming with a testimony. Mm. If you don't mind, I'll sit. Um, Brother Buckley was talking to me today, mm. like so many others, and I have a testimony. Um, God has been real good to me. I'm a single mom. I have a son in college. Prayerfully, my daughter will graduate on next year. She's a Jimmy Hill 12th grade honor roll student, 4.3 average. Uh, May 14th, thank you, 2018. Well, let me go back to February 2018. I had to have my shoulder redone. And so I've had surgery every year, every other year since 1993. My whole body has just about been repaired. I suffer from um, fibromyalgia. It hurts sometimes, and sometimes I just don't worry about it. But May 14th, May 14th of 2018, I received a letter. And it was from the Secretary of State's office. And they said they were going to, if I didn't have a certain amount for taxes, they were going to take my house, and they were going to put me out. I didn't know what to do, so I just kept on doing what I've been doing, just working hard and praying. July of last year, 2018, I was a victim of identity fraud. I had got most of the money up for my taxes, and the person stole all my money. But I kept on doing what I was supposed to do. I went to work every day. I prayed every day. And I just went through with what I had to go through. June, October 14, 2018, talking about the 14 again, they came and got my car. I had seven more months, but I had no more money. So I kept doing what I had to do. And then November, I had to file Chapter 7 bankruptcy. Through all of this, I never missed a day from work. I missed a few days from church. My daughter never missed a day from school. June 14, 2019, God blessed me with a brand new car. And, and it wasn't just new to me. It was a brand new car. <laughs> it, it wasn't a hoopty. It was, it was new. It had seven miles on it. Yeah, that's and new. <laughs> and um, I still had um, the threat hanging over me of my property taxes that were not paid because I was with a mortgage company. Well, they decided they weren't doing mortgages anymore and didn't tell me, so they weren't paying the taxes. And I had gone down on two different tax years and paid. And that's how my taxes got behind. August 14, 2019. I got $5,545. I paid those taxes off. August 15th. I had a loan years ago. Well, finance my truck. And the lady heard about it. But I had asked Sister Kim Mother Carrie to pray for me last Sunday because I said, um, 
I got to ask the Lord for one more thing. And she said she prayed for me. And when I got that money, I called her. But I dialed the wrong number. But it was okay. I just told her today. So I guess what I want to tell everybody is, through it all, Mm. I did not cry when they took my car until this year. And Reverend Buckley was so upset that I didn't tell anybody. And I'm here again with tears. But like I told him, I'm not sad by no means necessary. I'm happy because he didn't have to do it. Mm. He didn't. And then with Sister Ford saying, grace and mercy. See, I know all about that. And I know all about illness. They've given me up a bunch of times, but I keep going and going and going like the Energizer Bunny. Some days I have my good days and sometimes I have my bad. But I keep on going. And for anybody going through, and you don't think that you can get what you need, God is still answering prayers. He is still performing miracles. He is still healing. He is still changing lives. And through it all, I got my son back, y'all. I could have lost everything. I could have gave it away. 